Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We speak today to Pierre Levier, who is the CEO of Go South Resources. They are a TSX company with copper exploration assets in Namibia. Now, they are low on cash, about 200,000 bucks today, 3 million market cap, going to be an expensive raise when they try to do one. They do have an updated PEA, which they're hoping could be a catalyst and recognition in the marketplace for what they're trying to do. They're going to need about 7 million bucks to get them through to a feasibility study. Let's see if they can do that. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, Pierre. How are you, sir? I'm very well. And yourself? All good. We are at home talking to lots of people all around the world like you. I guess you'd rather be in the field than than there, but uh, here we are. Now, there's a news story for our viewers and followers. So um, would you mind giving us a one minute overview and then we'll pick it up from there? Uh, Deep South is a, a TSXV listed company since about three years. Uh, we uh, are pretty tightly held. Our largest shareholder are the management and one, you know, some directors with 21% and 23%, sorry, and uh, tech resources with 23%. Our main project is a copper porphyry exploration project in Namibia, in the Southern African region. Uh, it, it's most probably the largest porphyry in Africa, and it's most probably one of the oldest, if not the oldest in the world. Makes that it's a bit different. The geology is not exactly the same to typical porphyry we're used to see. Uh, we're just completing a, an updated PA that will be disclosed soon, and uh, we're at a stage where we are near of going into feasibility studies. So, uh, for at least on a part of the deposit, the deposit is. At the moment, about 1 billion tons of ore. Uh, low grade, of course, it's a porphyry at 0.31% copper, but there's a uh, pretty high grade section in the center of the deposit, which is 140 million tons. And uh, we will focus our efforts for the uh, time being and, and going forward to develop that's, that part first. Okay. So that's where we stand uh, uh, with the project. Beautiful, beautiful. So um, your very early stage, obviously, exploration, copper exploration, um, it's a very low market cap, three, four million, depending on the day of the week. Um, so there's very little for people to go on. So can you help me? Can you tell me a little bit about your background and the background of the active members of the team in terms of creating shareholder value and wealth previously? Originally in my career, I'm not a, a technical guy, I'm a finance guy. I was a stockbroker and an uh, investment banker in Canada. I was raising funds for the expression industry north of Quebec, north of Ontario, up to mid-90s where I decided to take over the control of one listed company that was having a small project in Ghana. And the other, at that, the idea at that point was to develop some project in Africa. And that period, I was one of the very few in North America thinking like this. And uh, through the time, you know, we've made a first deal in Namibia in 1996, and then I've stayed in, involved in Namibia since that time. Uh, I even lived in Namibia with my family for three years early in the 2000s. Uh, I developed a very serious network in Namibia and in South Africa also. I'm very involved in South Africa on the financial side and 
mining side. Uh, the um, that's about it. You know, I find I've raised money and made deals all over Africa, but mainly in the southern part of Africa since 1996. So it's uh, really the, it's really my turf. Uh, I'm still spending quite a lot of time there. Of course, at that time, I met quite a lot of good people in Namibia. And uh, our chairman on, on Deep South is Mr. John Aquenier, who was a retired lawyer. Uh, he's uh, pretty well into all the political side and the uh, social side in Namibia. He has been named by the president of the country as chairman of the National Co uh, you know, Airport Corporation. He's also sitting on the board of PE Minerals, which is the license holder for the uh, uh, Rashpina mine that is mined by Trevally. It's a zinc mine. So John has a certain experience also on the on the uh, uh, mining side. I'm also supported by uh, Vivian Stewart-Williams, who is a uh, 45 years of, of experience uh, uh, in mainly in Africa. He's based in Cape Town. Viv has lived in Namibia also many, many years. He knows geology in Namibia like no one else. And he's involved with time to time and now more full time with us uh, with the uh, Hybe Copper Project since the mid 90s. Um, the, we also recently had two board members that have joined the, uh, the management team uh, Jean-Luc who was uh, what we call a chief expertise officer. Jean-Luc has spent 30 years of his career in Africa, managed mine for, uh, in DRC for seven years for First Quantum. He has managed mines also in Burkina Faso. He was CEO of Ampella, uh, which was a, a subsidiary of uh, Centamine, and he was highly involved in, in West Africa at that period of time. So he has quite a lot of experience in developing mines and operating mines. We have also jo been joined by uh, uh, Paul Smith, who is a South African, and Paul was a uh, uh, geologist and methodologist by training, but has been involved in managing projects and uh, for many, many years. He has also been involved in the financial side and raising money as a stockbroker, but also as an investment banker for a large firm in South Africa. His last large project, he was COO of We Size We Platinum, and he was instrumental with his team to develop and build a $1.5 billion uh, platinum mine, which is you know, a pretty good success, still operating well today. So, it's, uh, so that's the team around me. It's, uh, we have, a, as you can see, a, a, a lot of African expertise and very strong technical expertise also. Okay, brilliant. Um, so you have been there for three years, been doing this for three years um, in this guise. You've brought in some people recently, and Paul's a recent addition, I, I, I believe, um, yes. to this. So can you explain to me what it is that you're trying to build here? Because I say at a three million market cap, it would be, there's a lot of companies of this size talking a similar game, but what I need to do is trying to understand from you what's going to help you guys stand out from the rest. So what are you building? The idea is a following. You know, it's like we know that despite the uh, COVID-19, uh, copper will, will eventually turn, turn around and will be a very good market. There's a lot of needs for copper and even more post-COVID-19. Uh, we know that uh, uh, the production is, is going down, not only because shutdowns of COVID-19, it was like this since many, many years. The 
uh, uh, production of many mines is lowering. The grades of production are going down substantially also. Uh, in 2018, the average, no, 17, the average grade of production in the world for copper, including open, open cast and underground mine, was 0.53% copper. It's extremely low compared to 8% 100 years ago. So uh, uh, we see it's going down. And we see the feasibility study at the moment. The average grade is 0.38%. So our 0.31% is not so far of the average of the, uh, the pack. Um, we, we look at it this, the following way. Is the copper will... Uh, 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 will need to be mined, and we know that there is mostly only lower-grade projects that are left on the planet to be brought to production. So it's technology-oriented. And the question is the following, and that's what we have asked ourselves. Do we have a, a technology to extract the metal at low COPEX and low OPEX? If we have that, there's no, no, we have a project. If we don't have that, we don't have a project. And looking at all the database, because it's an old project, there's 66,000 meters of drilling, there's a, a lot of geotechnical work that has been done, geophysical survey, name it, you know, it's, a, it's, full, it's, a, it's a full of data, and we have all that data. We also have the, the cores on site, all well-preserved, so it's, a, it's, it's, you know, we have a, a serious uh, geological base to that. Uh, so the idea is the following. Now that we know we have, a you know, we have looked at all the uh, uh, metallurgical tests that have been done in the past. And we realized that bio-assisted leaching was working very well with that board. So what we decided to do last year is to do our own metallurgical tests with bio-assisted leaching because the pr previous one was dating back 2003. So that's uh, pretty far ago. So we did our own test and we got some very, very exciting results going up to 90, 95% recovery, which is very good. Now. This being said, now we have that test. It's a, it's a small-scale test. We will need to develop around that. And we know that we have a sizable uh, uh, resource. We know that we can double, if not even triple, that resource. So it's going to become a very large deposit one way or the other. And uh, we know in the center of the deposit, we have a section that is 140 million tons. And we can focus on that because we have a better grade in that area. We have some drilling showing extension like 150 meter at 0.68%, another 100 meter at 0.81% and so on. You know, so we see that there's a, a lot of high grade patch in that area. So we, we are now focusing on going into feasibility study in that specific section and uh, uh to that's going to be a starting point that's going to be the starting pit and uh we know we will have a better grade you know substantially higher than what we see in the overall deposit and uh we just now need the money to go and drill infill drill that area and on the base of these results we will continue to move forward and doing more metallurgical work and and after that start you know design engineering for an eventual Okay, before we kind of get in, into the theory of how this happens, I want to know precisely what you're going to do. So you say you're going to need some money to maybe look at this uh, slightly higher grade zone. You need to do some infill drilling there. So today, how much cash have you got? At the moment, we're at about $200,000 Canadian. Right. So, so it's you, not enough to start drilling. It's just enough to make 
not a company can you live for a while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so you're going to need to raise some some capital at the moment. And clearly, if I if I look at the share price for the last year and a half, it's you know it's it's doesn't it's not a pretty picture. Um, so, do you think that you you're starting to get any traction in the market? Are people listening? to this story of a low-grade bulk operation. Um, and if they are, can, how much money do you need to raise just to be able to move it forward to the next phase of this, this to, to complete this infill drilling? The, uh, uh, what we see and what we were seeing before the crash in the market, uh, so we were going up and up with uh, a, lot, a lot more interest because uh, the methodological tests have given some very uh, 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 exciting results, and we have announced that we were updating our pre in our uh, preliminary economic assessment, our PA that was done in 2018. So there was a lot of interest onto that, and we were seeing the shares moving, share price moving up. We were adding also quite substantial interest for financing, mainly from Europe. Uh, we've done a, a roadshow in Europe at the end of February, and there was a lot of interest. The interest is still there, but most of the people are on the sideline, which is understandable. And uh, you don't try to pick up a knife that goes down you know, with your hand, so that's a feeling at the moment. So, the uh, uh, so it has slowed down a bit the uh, the uh, what we need to do now. If we want to go to the end of a feasibility study on that specific uh, uh, high grade area, it's going to be at a cost of about seven million US. But this is being done in steps. And step number one is infill drilling for which we need $2 million US. Step number two is to do more metallurgical work and more uh, work around that, you know, all the distribution, uh, uh, you know, we will declare a measured resource. So there, there's a lot of, you know, desktop study to be done at that point also, so another million. And then after that, another uh, $4 million will come in step by step to do design engineering for feasibility study, the feasibility study, environmental impact study, and all of this. So as you can see, yes, it's, it's, uh, our market cap is low, it's, uh, but we don't need to raise all the money in one shot. The other thing we were having before COVID is we have signed NDAs with nine private equity and or uh, mid-sized mining companies that have done a pretty uh, thorough investigation of our data in our data room. And uh, they are all awaiting still the uh, PEA that will come soon. So uh, it could end up that we have a deal with one of these companies that will change a little bit the face of the way that we will need to raise money. Or it will be equity in the project or it will be equity in the company or a mix of the two it's uh, things things have to be discussed it's uh, we're not at the stage of commercial discussion but we arrive to a point where they look at the pea if some some of them want to step up then we will i would say within the next month we will have a pretty good idea if we have some traction on the commercial side with them okay. there was some traction before covid now I'm, we'll see and what, and what type of deals are you looking for? Are you looking for like farming partners, or are you looking for you know strategic partners? Are you looking for just dumb money? I mean, what, what what's going to work for you? Now you're asking people that are are begging for money. You ask them, okay, what meal do you want? You know, it's like I don't, we don't, we, what we want to have is a proposal first. <laughs> then we will see if it could make sense for our shareholders and stakeholders. I would say that we're open to all of these 
potential deals, uh, whether it's a farming, whether it's a, a part equity in the company, equity in the project, where you know there, there's a lot of ways that we can look at that. But I'm, uh, what I'm trying to get at, Pierre, what, what, I'm, what I'm trying to understand, Pierre, is your mindset. You know, would you, because you, you've inherited a lot of data, you've done your 3D modeling, you know, you've identified a interesting um, part of this ore body. Uh, you know what you want to do. Do you want to carry on with the exploration component and develop this yourself? Or do you say, well, actually, what's best for the shareholders, we'll bring a partner in who's got money, we'll let them do this, and we, we can go and identify new targets. I mean, what, what, what's going on up, up there? Uh, at the moment, if we were having all the money we need, we would prefer to complete that feasibility study ourselves. We, we think we have... We have internally the right people to do it, and we we uh, we have the right vision to develop it correctly. So we would like to do that. Now, uh, it's not certain that after that we will be the one that will bring that to production. It's we're we're an exploration company. We're not a mining company. So, you know, there, there's going to be a, a, a time where we'll have, we will have to decide to let it go to uh, someone, some companies who are better suited than us to do that. Now, if we have to leave it to a partner earlier because the market is difficult, we cannot raise funds easier, yes, we will consider that. It's, a, it's not an ego game here. It's a, it's a question of getting the project you know, moving forward to all the stakeholders and, and our shareholders. Okay. So you mentioned earlier to me that the management team has 21% of the company today, which is a lot. Uh, as a percentage, mm -hmm. it's not necessarily today a, a lot in terms of dollar value. But what I mean, for instance, how, how much have you put into the company? I want to see how much you believe in this project. So, how much have you put into this company? Personally, two hundred thousand US before we are uh, listed. We, uh, myself, John Aquini, and a couple of others, we were investing money to follow up with tech uh, uh, before we get the project listed. And uh, so in terms of real cash, uh, if I look at it all together, we probably invested 700,000 US before we are listed. Okay. And tech is tech's just a sort of legacy because um, they were involved with the project prior to you getting involved. So they've just ro rolled over. Not exactly. Has it worked? Not exactly. We, as a private Namibian company, we acquired the project in 2004. Okay, so it's a pretty uh, good number of years ago, <laughs> 16 years in fact. And then uh, we did a deal with a couple of smaller companies, one in the AIM market that has gone belly up. And uh, you know, it's like a, it was not so easy. And in 2008, we had an option and joint venture agreement with Tech. And Tech spent about $2.7 to acquire 70%, which they did in, uh, in uh, 2011. So in 2011, Tech were owning... 70% of the project, we were holding 30%. And from that point on, we have developed the project together up to 2016, we have added $5 million on, okay? Uh, and then in 2016, tech were starting to have some problems with that project, which were not technical or geological. Uh, first, their management, their executive management was putting pressure on the exploration department to acquire more project because that was the goal. They were established in Namibia and they were supposed to acquire a certain number of projects of a certain critical mass. They were there since over 10 years and that was not done. They were still having only the high project. 
despite the fact that they have turned every rock down in South Africa, Namibia, Botswana, Zambia, it was, they were not successful at doing this. Uh, so for the executive management, it was not making sense to have only one project exploration in Africa when all their operations are on the west coast of, uh, of the Americas. Okay. So, and on the other side, the Ministry of Mines also in Namibia was starting to put pressure and saying, yeah, we would like to see some development on that. You know, PEA, a PFS, do something, you know, don't do only exploration. And they were not ready to do that because their development department was full with other projects. So they were feeling that they were probably in danger of losing something in that project. So they decided that the best way to keep a footprint in the project was to let us take it and drive it. And as the Namibian specialist also, we would be able to do a, a better job than them on that side. Uh, so that's where we did that deal where they became, at that time, they were our largest shareholder. And uh, they are now a shareholder in Deep South, but Deep South owns 100% of the project. Got it. Understood. Can I um, so I know a little bit about Namibia. Um, it's, it's a good jurisdiction for mining, uh, so I won't, you know, talk to you about that. But are you under any pressure from the Minister of uh, Mines to get on with things? I mean, you've been sitting on this asset for a long time. What are they saying to you? No, we're not under pressure, but it's important that we show them that we advanced the project. And that's what we did in the past two years, three years. And uh, we came in and we showed them that we were coming with a different view that tech was, was you know, tech were, were going into a path and we decided to go into another path. Tech were there more for keeping the project long term and then wait for a better price of copper to do a very large cap operation at some point in time and they were in need of a very high price of copper. So uh, on our side, as you can see, we have decided to smaller the scale of that, look at the higher grade area and start doing some development work on it. So a PEA, then we've done some metallurgical work, an updated PEA is coming, then we told them that we move slowly, we move to a feasibility study and they're happy with that. But it's important for us to move forward in that direction course at the moment with COVID-19 they will understand that things have slowed down for a certain period of time but uh, we don't feel any pressure with them it's uh, uh, but they want to see things moving which is correct but there is no specific uh, engagement whereby we need to do this or that or unless we can lose the license or anything like this that it's not that kind of discussions between us okay and in terms of your, your preferred strategy which is to take a look at this 148, uh, so this, this, this higher grade part of the ore body. The conversations that you, you are having, you're telling me you're having with European funders or strategics, do they buy into that strategy or are there any groups in there who are looking for a larger uh, ore body to go after? I mean, what, what's, what, tell me a little bit about the, 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 those conversations because I, I'm always intrigued as to what is capable of getting funded and you know if it's a small project it, it can be good because you may get into production quicker there but is it enough to get into economic production if it's uh, focused on the larger ore body then it may attract a different type of investor so w what are the sort of debates that you're having internally about how to go about moving this forward the idea is the following is that we don't discard the large deposit we don't discard the fact that we have a huge potential and we show the potential where it is where we can increase the tonnage uh, we still have that in mind 
the the idea is the following there, there's two folds the first one is that uh, one way or the other we will need to start somewhere even if we keep the large deposit and we will certainly do as many all the mining companies would do is to start with where you have higher grade to make sure you make your payback the fastest way possible so you would focus on that specific higher grade area in our case what we've decided to do is to split that in two sections in the sense that we without discarding the large deposit we would not do a feasibility study on the large de deposit at the moment we would do it just on the 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 the, the higher grade section which will become the uh, the starting pit then when you start you know producing then you have cash flow running and then you can take care of developing properly the balance of it and mining lower grade if you mine let's say seven years in the higher grade section and after 3.5 years you have done your payback then you're at full profit uh, then mining the lower grade area is not the same issue it's an issue if you start mining it today but it's not an issue if you start mining it in the same issue if you start mining it in seven years because your profit is uh, is not the same than it would be today your capitalization has been reimbursed so what we do in effect in, in it's just to focus on that starting pit and we will keep the rest for later development and we have been told by many people and the people that have signed these NDAs looking at the project that for them in a way it's the right way to develop the project there's the, and the second thing is that it's e bleaching and e bleaching uh we know that yes it's low capex yes it's low opex but it's very important to be well calibrated and you're always better starting on a slow on a slower and smaller size to be able to adjust anything you need to adjust on the way because just imagine that you have stacks of rock let's say piled up 20 meter high 300 meter long by 100 meter large imagine that there's a blockage in the middle of the stack what can you do nothing you're stuck you're, you're stuck with the problem you know so you need to start smaller scale and then you can improve or increase the the the, the size you know when when you move forward and make sure you do all the engineering adjustment to make sure that you have the most performing uh, uh, operation okay thank you for that that's always interesting to you know hear the challenges internally the things that you're discussing internally but um you on second of april you announced you, you closed a private placement in advance of updating the 2018 pea so remind me how much you raised uh 539 plus 64, <laughs> sorry, say 600,000 Let's say just over yeah, 600. From December to, yeah, to December to the end of January. Right, and you burnt your way through a lot of it. You've got 200 left. So when do you next need yeah. to raise money? Are you going to go out and just try and raise this 2 million in one go, or do you need some more money to keep the lights on between now and then? Uh, both. both. <laughs> we need some money to keep the lights on, but if we can get the two million, it's uh, uh, you know it, it's going to be fine. Obviously, we don't have a big burn rate. It's it's not an issue because uh, even the management team, you know, we see a lot of people, but uh, some of them have uh, postponed their payments until we are capable of paying. If we're not capable of paying, it will be transferred in shares. So, so we have a very low 
burn rate, but we need to do some work around the project if we want to be able to package it correctly and promotion, you know, do a right promotion with it. So uh, okay. we will need to raise another couple of hundred thousand, but uh, if we can raise the $2 million one shot, we will do it. Okay, so management is being sensible with regards to salaries or deferring salaries and taking paper instead, because yeah. you're yeah yes. you're, you're an exploration company. Um, okay, um, well like and Pierre, why don't we leave it there? Because I'm excited about what you said. You've got an updated PEA coming out soon. I think maybe we should talk yeah. then because I think you'll have well hopefully. Have something positive to say uh, from that, and that might give us a bit more of an indication of how you're going to move this forward. Yes, yes, I'll be happy to talk to you again. It's, uh, it will be my pleasure. One thing I can mention just before closing about our management. One of our guy, Paul Smith, to not name him, said once. He said, "You know, expression company. We change to uh, we we try to change the world with no money." So at some point in time, we cannot <laughs> go in the kitty and be paid, paid ourselves on top. <laughs> well, good. So that's our that's our the way we that's the way we see our action with that company. Well, good. Not everyone thinks that way, so uh, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, Pierre, I thank you for your time. I wish you and your family uh, all the best and uh, stay safe. And we'll speak to you soon. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast? or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.